Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Table for One, only on Room Prime TV. This is the 2nd of May, 2019, and wow, guys, holy fucking crap. We're already in May. We're almost at the halfway point of 2019, and, you know, I say this as each year passes by, pretty much gets faster and faster it feels doesn't even feel like a year has passed every time and we go through another calendar year and scary like just like with the topic that i'll be talking about today you know ai artificial intelligence part two of uh of last of the last podcast i talked about ai uh elon musk and wow, just just how time is moving faster and faster every year. It's the same way that you know computing power, processing power, AI, uh, machine learning is moving at a faster rate every year. So, with that being said, let's get on with the episode. So, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode i know i sound like a repetitive broken record with uh the needle the needle out of place but uh i do really mean it you take the time out of your day to you know listen to stream my podcasts wherever you listen to them at it doesn't matter if it's on soundcloud itunes google play or spotify I do really appreciate it. And some more good news. The good news is this podcast is now available for you to listen to and stream and download and all that good juiciness on Stitcher. Yep, we're on Stitcher. Uh, finally uh, got the the approval. So we're on Stitcher. Finally, I've been putting it off. But regardless, we're on there now. Uh, I know Stitcher has a good enough audience, a bigger audience. And, like, I I love Stitcher. For the short while I've been using it, it's been been a blast. And even to to promote your podcast and all the the PNG files and the Photoshop files for the logos, they have that there. They have ways to promote individual episodes, embed individual episodes. That's fucking awesome. So, guys, we're on Stitcher. Uh, please check me out on Stitcher. And with that being said, let's get on with the show. promising for a while now and you know getting to it finally do you trust this computer 
It's a documentary made in 2018, and it basically outlines the benefits and especially the dangers of artificial intelligence. And it has a range of uh, people from uh, the scientific field, from AI field, futurists, uh, such as Ray Kurzweil, Elon Musk, and Jonathan Lone. And i seen the, the whole bulk of the movie. Uh, pretty good, I say so myself. It encapsulates everything, all the benefits, all the dangers, everything in between. And good film. It's a good documentary. I love a good documentary. And I can say that this this was a pretty good watch for me. And I learned a lot more. Because, as you know, I always say, we got to learn. Always try our best to learn as much as possible. So that particular, that particular instance, that was a good learning experience for me. Because I'm just deep starting to deep dive into artificial intelligence uh deep learning machine learning all that all that jazz so it was a pretty good watch and so the movie was released april 5th 2018 so last year about a over a year ago uh chris payne is the director uh producers are to fit Tiffany Askawa, said that right, and Jesse Dieter, and let's see, screenplay Mark Monroe, director Chris Payne. So that being said, yes, so in the first few minutes, they were talking about how technology leaves everything you do, leaves a digital footprint, digital fingerprint. I should say any anything that you put on online, any search engine, any search result uh, you put on the search engine, any uh, GPS information, every tweet, every Facebook status, video you post online, YouTube, Vimeo, all that good stuff. Anything you post online, it leaves a digital fingerprint, and this is absolutely true. This is how AI is essentially getting smarter and smarter because it's learning everything about us. You know, we, you know, the term, the computer is, is as smart as what you put into it. So we're essentially putting all our information, every bit of data that we have, if we're looking for directions to a certain location and we pull up uh, the transit app or you know, Apple Maps, Google Maps, what have you, you're putting that information, is it's going to go somewhere. You know, it's not just going to stay, of course, it's not going to stay on your phone. So anything that you, anything that you essentially do on your phone, your tablet, your computer, etc., even your Apple Watch, it leaves a, di- a digital fingerprint. And that's how AI essentially is growing and growing because we whatever we put in into the web they get in that information and they encapsulate that very well in the film i might add and uh deep learning those of you that don't know uh what deep learning is well hopefully y'all know but 
if if you don't, it's okay. I got you guys. Deep learning, also known as deep structured learning or hierarchical, ah, pronounced that wrong. I tried. Hierarchical learning is a part of a broader family of machine learning methods based on layers used in artificial neural networks. Learning can be uh, supervised, semi-supervised, or unsupervised. So there you go, there's three levels. And yeah, essentially, you know, essentially, uh, you know, these three levels right here, just, you know, pretty self-explanatory, excuse me, ah, uh, supervised, semi-supervised, and unsupervised. I'm pretty much nervous about being unsupervised because, uh, you know, it can basically run havoc, <laughs> you know, but yeah, that's what deep learning is. It's structured, structured in layers and it's what, uh, excuse me, deep learning is. And then machine learning is the scientific study of algorithms and statistical models that computer systems use to effectively perform a specific task without using expletive instructions, explicit instructions, excuse me, relying on the patterns and interface instead. It is seen as a subset of artificial intelligence. So, yes. Uh, is algorithms, you know, instead of putting a long string of commands, you know, the old school way of doing it, you put a a string of code. Instead of doing that, it's an algorithm that's already in place. You know, an algorithm that's already out there. You know, you plug it in, bam. You know, that's just the layman terms. I'm not, you know, this is just, you know, uh, me just uh, using, you know, what, you know, much intelligence I have and just a little bit of common sense. And just apply it to this. So, I ain't the smartest person, but I ain't the dumbest. You know, just uh, just to make sure. And we talked about a neural network, and the, for the description of deep learning, it's the same way the human brain works. And. We talk about all oh, computers, machines, you know, AI, but, you know, we humans, we have a, a computer right on, you know, right on inside our heads, you know, or it's an organic computer. And no matter, like, I feel even though it's getting to that point where we're going to have human level artificial intelligence, it's just something about being organic and truly human that I wouldn't trade it. And yeah, it would be cool to have enhanced strength and and all that stuff. And you know, like in sci-fi, I, I rather I rather have I rather have as much of the human side of me as possible, but being enhanced, just as long as I'm not completely machine or lost my my humanity you know you know all these movies 
you know, they're, you're concerned about, you know, just uh, staying human and, and not losing your humanity. So that's the same way. Like, I, I welcome, especially if it benefits uh, people, because I feel like even though there's all the bad and I'm really, really fearful for all the bad, I still feel like the, and I know, there's a lot of good that could be used with artificial intelligence. We talk about all of the bad. We focus on the negative, but we should be worried about the negatives because they're they're a real danger, and there are people, especially a certain uh, uh, CEO and founder, creator of of a, social, a certain social media platform that we use every day. He says that people who are talking about AI that it will destroy you know it will you know basically the dangers of ai it's all it's just a bunch of poppycock a bunch of you know conspiracy theories and all that stuff and it's like it's real i i've you know not not only do i feel but with how fast technology is, is going and our dependence and our need of faster and newer technologies and and just every aspect, every aspect of life, we, we use the internet every day. Now, when you go on the trains, instead of having, you know, when I'm, I live in New York, for those who are wondering, I live in New York City, and I take the subway, take the bus, you know, the railroad, what have you. Now, a lot of buses, they have uh, screens that let you know what stop is coming up max uh you're, when your when your stop has been request, requested eh. also on the trains they have these compound clocks as well but now they have these uh kiosks where you can see when the train is coming that's everything is connected to the internet so you have on board wi-fi at these stations on the buses you have these uh, these monitors where you can view any uh, service disruptions when the next train is coming, what have you. So we're essentially being, you know, slowly but surely connected. It's good because that way I have to pull up my phone and see when the next train is coming, when the next bus is coming. But it's also, you know, to it makes you think that holy shit, like everything is starting to become connected to the internet. And because of that, we have to be careful. Essentially we had to be worry, uh, and just aware, but at the same time, it's a lot of good. There's a lot of good. There's a lot of, uh, positives, you know, like I said, now, you know when your your bus or train is coming in that aspect, you know, because public transportation, it's a nightmare. So you need to know when your bus, when your train is coming. And speaking of that, in the very near future, if I can squeeze it in, I want to talk about other aspects of technology because, as you know, I love tech and there's a lot of uh you know, even in, in where I live at in New York City, there's a bunch of 
uh, new developments in tech. And that's something I want to talk about, as well as, you know, with smartphones and computers and, and uh, you know, like smartphones, you know, Samsung, OnePlus, Apple, Microsoft, you know, Huawei, uh, you know, all these different companies, all, all these new pieces of tech, and, you know, we're just talking about, like, we, we want the latest and greatest, we want faster phone, we want a bigger battery, we want all this stuff, you know, faster processor, and, you know, we're getting that, and that's thanks to AI, that's all the innovation that's going on, but yes, that is, I will, that's in the works, uh, a tech-oriented show, or I may just merge it with this, never know, but we'll see, we'll see how things go, but that's definitely in the plans, so, going back to the review of this documentary. Also, uh, automation. Uh, we, I've said this in the previous episode of, of uh, Table for One, where I described the automation and the rise of robotics and how this could spell the end for millions of jobs. And they talked about this as well in the documentary. And yes, this is one of my fears too. You know, with things becoming more and more automated, uh, labor, you know, reduce labor costs significantly because a robot, of course, doesn't get tired. He can, well, it can work straight for, you know, a whole day without getting tired before it has to be serviced and that's you know that's cool but at the same time it's fearful that you know robots can essentially replace humans and of course that's where progress that's what happens you you progress in the world and we got the industrial revolution you know turn of the 20th century and of course things die out before we had you know, eight track tapes, then we had cassette, you know, cassette tapes, cassette players, then DVDs. Now we have MP3s. Now we have everything is digital. You know, I still own a, a handful of DVDs, a few Blu-rays, but everything I own, it's it's digital. Everything I own is, you know, is non-physical, and that's that is the trend now with automation, with robotics. That is that is a trend. And of course, businesses, these corporations, you know, they're trying, they're essentially trying to cut costs. If they can get a robot and get a whole fleet of robots and not have to worry about them getting tired or... Uh, you know, doing an error, well, more, less errors because robots can still, there's still a margin of error, but less errors won't get tired, they won't complain, they won't call out, they won't back talk, uh, they won't go and do their own thing. Well, hope not. <laughs> but yeah, they're essentially programmed to do certain things, so hopefully they don't, they don't, uh, become self-aware uh oof 
But yeah, essentially, uh, that is one of the that is one of the aspects they talked about in the film, in the documentary. Excuse me, documentary film. There you go. Come on, come on, Caesar. Chop chop. Uh, great divide between rich and poor. So yes, like of course, I talked about this in the other episode where it's just a form of classism. Uh, the rise of AI and automation and robotics, and soon have these, uh, you know, these bionic implants. It, it, it's going to be a bigger divide because, yeah, not everyone's going to have it. Not, not everyone's going to be able to afford it because of how expensive it's going to be. And essentially, these corporations, the, these monopolies that have a lock on these patents and all that for these new in these new uh uh you know systems and all that they can essentially and medicine as well they can essentially jack up the prices and cause the 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 gap between the rich and poor to be spread even more than what it is dude so that's the that's one of the negative sides that with the advancements of technology, with the rise of AI, with uh, you know bionic implants and and cyber implants, that's one of the fears, of course, because you think that everyone, if everyone had access to to uh, cybernetic enhancements, so that way there'll be no cancer, no disease. People won't die of, you know, people won't die suddenly of a bunch of these of, uh, diseases. Uh, your, your, your bones, your joints, your muscles, you know, they won't essentially won't feel any, any weakness. You know, everyone had that, had that, you know, had access to that and as well as, uh, Brain implants. You have all the world's technology in in your brain. Be a you know that microchip, which again it goes to the you know the mark of the beast, as I mentioned uh, last episode. It will go into that, but at the same time, you actually think that any well, all of us will get that. No. That's only going to be reserved for the very wealthy and the very elite of the world. The average person is not going to be able to have access to this, you know, to all these enhancements, uh, the brain chip, the cybernetic enhancements. And there's a group of people, there's a group of very wealthy people who are transhumanists and you know one of these uh these uh one of these people are in the you know one of the people is a Ray Kurzweil and he's in this documentary as well and he talked to, he was in the beginning of the of the film and he's he's written books on transhumanism and how uh, humans will merge with machines and, and create a new race, you know, race of people. And these people be believe that. They believe that this is coming. 
and you can see with the rise of AI, the you know enhancements of technology that this is this is happening more and more. It's becoming fact. More and more, it's becoming uh, science fact and science fiction. Because I think even though we may not have flying cars. <laughs> Uh, people still believe that, well, this ain't, come on, like, this is all, you know, this is all science fiction, this ain't gonna happen, like, it's not gonna happen to me, you, you know, you know the whole, you know, the whole gag, you know, the whole song and dance, it ain't gonna happen to me, I don't believe it, so because I don't believe it, it's not gonna happen to me, or, oh, it's too far-fetched, but when you actually take a look and see you know, actually pay attention to what's going on. It's like, well, yeah, like the more and more our phones, our computers, our tablets are getting faster and faster. Our processing power is getting faster and faster. Uh, and robotics, automation, you know, it's happening. You know, it's very much happening. Just like cloning. Cloning was like, oh, it's... It's been going on, but again, subject for another another time, another day. So we're essentially in that we're in the cusp of that. I think in we're in twenty nineteen, and by twenty twenty five, things are gonna be way different. This is my prediction. I could be right. I could be wrong. M- might be wrong. I'm, I'm leaning towards being wrong. Could be sooner, could be later, but you know, it, it, it's looking like we're headed in that in that direction, and it's just a matter of time. It could be in a, it could be one or two years. It could be up to five years, ten years, twenty years. But it's it's happening. It's it's very much happening, and also as humans, as consumers. We essentially become slaves to this technology. We have been so dependent on our smartphones, on everything that we use. Again, every every day we use the internet for almost anything. To check our email, to send uh, you know, send the instant message, to go on social media, to buy stuff from Amazon to buy stuff from Uber Eats, Grubhub, DoorDash to, you know, take photos and play video games, you know, uh, make a YouTube video, you know, to, to publish it. We use the internet every day and we have been so, it's, it's been integrated into our lives so much that we we need it. If one week you didn't have internet access, you will lose your mind. And speaking of that, it leads to depression. Uh, extended social media use can can result in depression, and that is uh, one of the topics I will cover: the sickness of social media. And that's I cannot wait to do that episode. Because I have a lot to say about um, social media and how it's basically turning us into, you know, a bunch of mentally ill people. 
chemistry has been rewired and, and just our wires have been crossed essentially because of so much social media use that that's that is something that me and my and my friends talk about a lot and you see it like even at work I see people on their phones you know when hey you gotta be you go to work <laughs> you don't get back to work but it, it's you see it all around you like for example story time so I was on my way to work uh got off the railroad and and we was crossing, you know, was waiting for the light, you know, the light to change so we can cross the street. And I shit you not, there were two people. And I know there's more, but they were right, right in front of me. And I was trying not to be late for work. I was on time, but if, you know, of course they, you know how New Yorkers walk and tourists, especially you have the group of tourists that walk very slowly because you know they're sightseeing understandable and then you have the segment of new yorkers that walk you know in a row instead of walking you know you know they walk in front like they take up the whole sidewalk rather than walking you know in a line because since you know we have crowds of people walking up and down the block at any particular time so you have those two segments and then you have the rest of us that walk fast, you know, long legs or not, you walk your ass off because you don't want to, you know, you don't want to, uh, be late for anything. So I shit you not when the light changed, these two people were just walking because they, you know, in the perf- in their peripheral vision, they saw that the light change or whatever. Cool. But they're on their phone just with their head down. And I'm over here like, oh, come on, like, this is not safe. This is very fucking dangerous. You're crossing the street. You're looking at your phone. You're not paying attention. And you will, you know, something can happen. You got to be careful. You can't, you can't, you know, take your eyes off of the road. You can't take your eyes off these cars, especially these New York cabs. You got the MTA buses, you got the tour buses. They are fucking huge. They they go fast, and you know New York traffic it's it's insane as well. So, just me seeing that, and this is when I thought I was gonna do this episode. This is like a, a two weeks ago, I believe. I was gonna do this episode, but of course, I wasn't able to. Um, you know, with Avengers coming out and whatnot. So I wanted to do that, do that countdown, which you can also watch on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. And yeah, so this is the point with uh, being a slave to technology, being sucked in, being addicted to social media, we we don't know it. Imagine if they, those two people weren't paying attention, walking up, you know, a block in New York traffic, walking, you know, crossing the street, just looking at their phones, not paying attention. You know, maybe never know. Maybe maybe they had, maybe they were paying attention, but. 
you cannot take your, your eyes off your phone for one second. Like, I rarely walk in text because I'm focused on making sure that I don't, I don't hit people or I don't bump into people that when I'm crossing the street that, you know, I don't get run over, you know? And just seeing that, like, once you, you see one thing that like you see that, like, for example, people on the phone bent down, then you start to see other people on the train. You see just everyone just on their on their phones, head down. Uh, you see just a few people talking to each other. They, they don't have their phones out there talking to each other. But for the most part, you see a lot of people just, you know, on their phones, you know, and I, I listen to podcasts on my way to work, uh, or sometimes depending on the mood, I'll watch a, or listen to a YouTube video. Cause with, uh, YouTube premium or YouTube red, you were able to, you know, download movies and watch them offline. So if it's like a, a certain podcast that I can't find, or, you know, sometimes people, you know, they listen to podcasts on YouTube. And I do the same with certain certain stuff. I download the episode and I watch it or listen to it when I'm on the train. It's offline. So I don't have to worry about buffering and losing connection and all that. So that's, you know, that's fine. And especially if I'm, I'm on, you know, the train with friends or what, what have you, I'll talk to them. So I don't be in my phone because I don't want to be in my phone, especially with doing doing this podcast. I have so many social media accounts. I have so many analytics to keep track of. Uh, I had to be on Photoshop and uh, GarageBand and what have you and editing and and doing uh, image art. So I'm always connected. So anytime that I'm not on social media, I'm good because once I'm I'm done promoting, once I'm done putting up the, the episodes, you know, the new episodes and updating social media, like I'm just done. I hate being on social media too much. You know, I, I'd rather just watch an episode of Kitchen Nightmares or or watch, you know, a show. You know, something on Netflix. But even that, like, I just listen to music. I listen to podcasts. Uh, because just being on Facebook, being on Twitter all the time, being on uh, YouTube, being on Instagram, it, it, it's, it's just getting to that point where it's like, it's the same shit. If I'm not promoting my stuff, if I'm not checking uh, my messages or whatever, it's like, okay, I'm done. Like, take me off and and of course there's the good side of social media you get to promote if you're a graphic designer a music artist a podcaster if you're a youtube you know personality if you create you know content you know content creators you know art digital media it's useful it's very useful but when you're consumed by it so much that's when it becomes an issue. And I try my best not to get consumed and wrapped up. And that's why at times I'm like, holy shit, I, I gotta I need 
I need a, a topic to talk about. Sometimes I get overwhelmed because being on social media, being on, just being on it for too long, it gets to you. We are now able, using computers, to accurately determine an individual's zodiacal potential for response to environmental situations and stimuli. Kajur's zodiacal potential for evil is so high that he must dominate others. He has no choice. We are now, we are, we are now able, using computers, to accurately determine an individual's zodiacal potential for response to environmental situations and stimuli. Kajur's zodiacal potential for evil is so high that he must dominate others. He has no choice. We are, we are, we are, we are, we are, we are, we are. And, of course, you're, you're being on social media even for a few minutes can it's like it's like a drug essentially and it's really true when you get that you get a bunch of likes or thumbs up or a bunch of uh retweets you, you get that nice feeling inside it's, it's like a you get a hit of uh, of uh, heroin i haven't had heroin but you know you got that dopamine effect the, the pleasure centers of your brain light up when you're on social media um, they actually did studies on this as well. You know, it's artificial. Like the the graphication is artificial. You know, so that that's where your brain gets pleasure because it's been your your brain has been re uh, rewired to the point that whenever you get a like, when you get a comment, uh, a retweet, it essentially acts like you accomplish something. Like woohoo, you know. So. That is, this is, this segment, I definitely want to talk about this soon, very soon. If I could get that out this week, uh, by the end of the week, I can. You know, maybe tomorrow you can expect an episode, another Table for One episode about social media and uh, good and bad and the ugly and, you know, and all. it's 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 a loaded topic. That that might be another two-parter. Uh, that definitely will be a two-part now thinking about it, but yeah. So essentially that's how we're slaves to technology. We're unaware of it. We depend on it. We need it. There's good and bad, but there's the bad that we need to pay a little bit more attention to. And even to the point that in the film, in the, do you trust this computer? A OGBYN surgeon said that he used to do he used to do 150 surgeries. Now, due to having uh, you know machines, you know having a robot uh, basically assist in the task, he only does one a year. And he's and he said to the you know to the inter- you know to the person I was interviewing him about the about the you know about technology and all that about AI about machines and automation he feels uncomfortable he he doesn't feel comfortable you know do the robots performance surgery cuz that's his job now he's being essentially taken over you know now this robot is doing almost all the surgeries he does one and it's like and I remember him saying that, like, crap, I'm, you know, this is my job and I haven't, you know, I don't perform surgeries like that anymore. I almost forgot how to perform surgery and that, that's, that's scary. 
that uh, you know machines, you know, especially in, in the in the field of medicine, they've taken over to the point that surgeons don't perform surgeries anymore, and that's just one of many examples. And the doctor's name is Enrique uh, Jancom. Jacom. Uh, that was the doctor that was uh, that told us this quote. Um, let's see. And also, machines are taking bigger and bigger bites of out of our skill sets. It's very true. You know, uh, again, with performance surgery, as well as many different aspects. Like, we don't even search for things anymore. Like, we don't even, like, actually search like we used to do for for research and information. I would just Google it. We say, uh, you know, hey, Siri, or Alexa, or, you know, okay, Google. Uh, Hopefully, I haven't set off any of your smart devices. Uh, But it's true. It's absolutely true. Like, we're so dependent. We we have our, our... our smart home devices, we have our um, our digital assistants, you know, which when our, our phones, our tablets, our computers, you know, our, our smart speakers, and also just Google, just search, just search on Google. And it is, again, that's how we're slaves to this. You know, yeah, it's cool to have information, just all types of information at the palm of your hands and in your fingertips. But at the same time, we, it's like spelling. There's autocorrect. That's, that's one of the many ways. Like I spell words wrong a lot when I'm typing, especially when I'm in a rush. And then of course with autocorrect, it automatically corrects it. So even if I spell the word wrong, it will guess. And again, that's with uh, machine learning. You know, that's with, uh, uh, you know, predictive, you know, predictive texting. The more and more you type, the more uh, Siri or, you know, Google or whatever um, phone or whatever platform you're on, it will correct because you type that word closely so many times. Like, okay, well, he's trying to spell this word so automatically uh, correct it for you, or you can just turn it off. There's people that get annoyed by autocorrect when you're trying to say you're trying to type fuck, and I said duck. So, yeah, <laughs> but at least you can turn it off. But mm, I essentially I don't mind having it on, but because of that, I try to make sure I spell the words correctly. So yeah, that's uh one of this few of many examples of how machines are taking bigger and bigger bites out of our skill sets. And, uh, it's, it's something, again, it goes back to slaves of technology. You know, we're so used to just using our, our smart devices, our phones, you know, we just put up Hey Siri or okay, Google, or we just ask Alexa for something, or we just search it up on Google, rather than, you know, just taking the time and do something. You can still use Google. I'm not saying not to use it, but, you know, do a little bit of a deep dive into stuff. 
because I think if we uh, train our brains a little bit more instead of just relying on computers all the time, is again, they're a benefit, but if we use them too much, they, they'll become a detriment. So it's something that we need to use, but we need to use sparingly. You know, if if there's something that you can just look up somewhere instead of just, you know, using, like, sometimes I understand you don't want to, you know, go through the, the whole thing. Oh, man, I don't want to. I don't want to search. It's going to take too long. But sometimes you have to, you have to uh, try to train your brain because what's the point of our brains if we're not using them, you know? If we can use more of our brains and, and more aspects of our lives, then I think we, you know, we have a shot still staying human because there's times where we're, we use machines and computers so much that we're just on autopilot. We're just running on, on autopilot, you know, essentially. And let's see here. So machines, not only will machines be able to uh, do what we can do, in, you know, in, in the aspect of uh, automation and, and repetition, they can also read the human, they can read our emotions pretty, pretty well, because we're easy to read, essentially. Uh, machines uh, are gaming our emotions and will be depressingly easy. It'll, it'll be so easy to do that because we're an open book, essentially. We're stimulus response, so we, we, respond, we respond by stimuli. You know, we react based on stimuli. That's how humans are. Uh, this doctor, uh, Reina Lakabali, I'm pronouncing that wrong, uh, co-founder of Affectia. It's A-F-F-E-C-T-I-V-A. That's the name of the of her her company. She developed a technology that can sense what people are feeling, and she demoed a uh, a, a robot that essentially you have a tablet, and if you were to frown, the little robot toy will will run away from you, essentially. You frown and the robot will run away. But if you smile, the robot will come towards you. And that was pretty cool. Like, I was like, wow, that's pretty impressive. And she was demoing it with a bunch of kids, which was cool, of course, you know. And it's funny, they was asking, like, what would you do if you had a robot, you know, in your house? And one of the, the students respond, I will have it you know, do my math homework. I'll ask it, you know, questions for my homework. And, of course, you know, back when I was young, I would, of course, we've done the same. And look at that. We have that now. We have, essentially, we have applications that can solve math problems for you. Like, no joke. I shit you not. There are apps that can, on. you can just search on the, the app store 
on iTunes, you know, on, on the uh, in the iOS uh, App Store, you know, on Google Play. There are apps that can essentially solve math problems for you. Like, no joke. Like, I saw this and I was like, what? Where was this? Like, there's no point of having calculators now. But what's the point of having a calculator? If uh, you just have, you already have a calculator on your phone, right? And essentially you have these applications that can solve math equations for you. And I was like, wow, like, where was this? You know, yeah, I know, I know. We have them scientific calculators and, and whatnot, but, you know, sometimes they were a pain in the ass to use. And if one run wrong, you know, button press, you have to put the equation in all over again. Hmm. So, you know, that is that. But, yeah, essentially she created this uh she developed a, a technology that can sense what people are feeling. And she also said robots can exist without any artificial intelligence. AI doesn't need a physical form with the right software. And any dumb robot can become smart. And it's true. You know, you can make it smarter. You know, the eventually you can plug in the right software. You can plug plug in the right uh, lines of code, and you can essentially make it smarter. And even in Japan, uh, there there's this company that made a an Android, and she looks very lifelike. And I know you heard those jokes and memes about uh, soon. The only way that, you know, guys can get sex if there's, you know, lot, you know, life-size sex dolls. And that's, like, very close. That's seriously very close because she looked very lifelike. Her name is uh, Erica. And uh, a Japanese company called ATR... They developed they, they uh, developed the AI, built the Android. It looks very lifelike. It talks back. Um, again, same in the same line with uh, uh, you know personality with emotion, you know emotional response. So it's 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 here essentially, like. I give it, and this is, you know, could be right, could be wrong, but give it, I say give it 10, 10 years, you know, we'll, we'll definitely have, uh, robots just walking among us. I can see that happening, you know, again, oh, it's, it's, that's just science fiction, you know, that, that's just, you know, iron robot stuff or you know, Terminator stuff. No, it, it's, I see it happening. Because it, the, the technology, more and more, every year, the technology is getting much more faster. Everything's speeding up. And eventually, we're going to get to that point where you have androids walking in the street. It's only a matter of time. Only a matter of time. And uh, also, we worry, and I worry about drones 
uh, AI, you know, artificial intelligence and used for uh, war, you know, autonomous, autonomous vehicles, autonomous, uh, autonomous weapons, drones, uh, submarines, all that. It's it's a fear that these essentially AI like once once we have a full fledged unmanned AI in warfare that these countries can essentially use them you know and we can have another apocalypse we can have, we can, well a apocalypse not another one but we can have essentially you know a fucking catastrophe due to AI getting, you know, we're using AI and then, you know, snafu happens and bam. So they were talking about this and Elon Musk, he, he was talking about this, you know, he, he, he was in this segment of, you know, about AI being used in warfare and he was very spot on. Um, AI essentially is much more uh, dangerous than nukes because a nuke by itself, it's da- is it's not as dangerous. It's dangerous to have, but if no one uses it, then you have nothing to worry about. But if AI gets in control of our a- of our weapons, and essentially you, you know, it's going to be a big problem, and that's why. Uh, Elon Musk, he's been one of the, the people outspoken about the danger of AI. And there's been an open letter about a ban on autonomous weapons. And you know these companies, the, these corporations, especially the government, when you talk about uh, the Pentagon, Department of Defense, uh, you know, all these all these. Uh, all these alphabet agencies, they want first first dibs on AI because they got to make sure that the AI is bigger and better than than the other countries. It's just again, war doesn't matter if it's just gunpowder and and cannonballs and, and and tanks. Now it's even warfare will become digital. Even warfare will become. Uh, avenue where AI can be used as well. Any Anything, all aspects of life, AI will have its tentacles on it. And I totally understand Elon Musk and his uh, you know, his uh, his concern and his fear for the for use of AI especially in warfare. And uh do you essentially trust humans with AI? You know, just like a gun or a knife is not dangerous unless it's used. A knife ain't gonna cut you, you know, unless you you cut, you know, accidentally cut yourself when you're chopping onions or carrots. You know, that happens, accidents happen, but you know, if you get stabbed, if that knife is thrusted you know, in your body, or you get slash, you know, it's, it's, of course, it's going to hurt, and it's, you know, you can get harmed, 
However, if it's just sitting there, it's not going to have legs and slash you. A gun isn't going to have legs and, you know, trigger is going to pull by itself, you know. So, I never understood why, like, when a gun, well, it could be because the gun has a a hair trigger. So, when it falls, you know, essentially the the mechanism, the, uh, the trigger mechanism may may get rattled and it fires off you know but never i thought that was only movies and all you know act it sometimes it can go off especially if the gun has a hair trigger the trigger is loose any bit of motion if it falls on the ground it could you know it can uh fire it could it could discharge but yeah a gun a knife a bomb you know going back to that it by itself it's not gonna do anything but if that bomb has a detonator attached to it if the gun has someone willing to use it to to do harm if a knife has a wielder that's you know is able to you know do bodily harm to you that's when okay that's that is uh you have to be concerned, but essentially with AI, humans can essentially, especially as corporations, uh, the government, they can essentially come in say, oh, we want to apply AI into, into, you know, our algorithms and, you know, such essentially make a, you know, unmanned weapon or, way to, you know, beat the start market or, or cheat it. You know, when humans, and I was ironically talking about this with uh, one of my friends, uh, you may know him, Rome himself. We were talking about how almost any good idea is fine on paper, but then when humans are applied to it, when they try to apply that idea or that ideal, it essentially turns muddy because you have egos, you have uh, special interests, you have uh, greed, you have envy, you have, you know, lack of intelligence as well. So any good idea, almost any good idea on paper is good, but when you apply humans into it, when humans, uh, you know, use their own selfish greed or, or, less for power or whatever that's when you have a problem that's when you have an issue on your hands so it is imperative you know like i don't trust i don't trust the majority of humans with ai like the average person that just wants to have like a a piece of tech cool but that person that can essentially use ai to to build a weapon or to essentially uh steal my data steal my information steal money i have an issue with that and let's see here of course google uh deep mind is a uh, artificial intelligence startup company uh that was that was brought for five hundred million. Google brought this uh, startup company called DeepMind, 
And it's essentially, it can play all the Atari games at a superhuman level. It can beat all, all of the Atari games at a dangerously uh, superhuman level. Uh, I never heard of this game called Go, but not not Counter-Strike Go, you know, counter-offensive. Uh, uh, this, this game called Go, never heard of it, but in 2015, it beat the best Go player. A deep mind, and then March 2016, it beat the best Korean player, and then you know when when AI beats the best Korean, the best uh, Asian, uh, Japanese, just any from from the Far East, you got to be scared. And this is not any hint of racism. This is just the truth. You know the it's just the truth. You know it, a little bit of humor, but it's it's the truth. When this uh, when this uh, artificial intelligence beat the Korean Go player, it's uh, scary. Then uh, Alpha Go retires from competitive Go after defeating World Number One three to zero, and then it, it gets it gets really really fucking scary. Uh, poker, you know, hey, you figure, you know, poker is about, uh, essentially poker face. Like you gotta, you gotta bluff, you gotta read your opponent. So cool. You, you think that, well, it's a, it's a machine. It can't essentially learn. It can't, you know, like it can, but you know, that, that thought that, Okay, this will you know this could hopefully be a challenge for DeepMind. Nope, it only took about a week for you know for DeepMind to start demolishing uh, the best poker players in the world. Seven days, and the thing is with AI, when any task is given, it may take a while, but once it it learns about the game and the mechanics and all that. It will get very good about it. It will get, they will excel and they will beat you. Once they, they get the, you know, once they, they learn they delay the line and, uh, they get better at the game and they learn the properties and all that. That's it. Game over. You know, no pun intended. They will, they will beat you. They will become dangerously good. Something that Elon Musk uh, brought up as well. And uh, I was like, wow. Like when I heard that, because, you know, I love, you know, I'm into gaming. And this part I heard Elon Musk talk about. But I was like, hmm, I got to I gotta pay attention to this. And, yeah, like he was absolutely right. In an, in in an interview and I think I played it on the last uh, episode of uh, the Table for One, uh, where Elon Musk was talking about, you know, AI, DeepMind beat the best players at Go. If uh, it's towards the end of that episode, towards the end. So if you want to uh, go back, listen to that, come back. So, yeah, it's it's pretty fucking scary. And then lastly, 
uh, the last aspect of of uh, do you trust this computer? They talked about fake news. Yeah, we can talk about fake news until you know, to our term purple. But there's you know the whole Russian collusion bit, which you know turned turned out to be a bunch of crap. But the fake news narrative, especially when you combine it with AI and algorithms, excuse me. It can be used as a tool for disinformation and a form of psyop. Of course, people will tell you, eh, Russian, you know, Russian collusion is real, blah, 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 especially, you know, with, with the president, this, that, and the other. He's with Russia. Uh, I don't know if he's with Russia. He's probably aligned with another country, but it ain't Russia. I, I ain't gonna get into that. This episode, when you have ways to uh, tweak search results to uh, f- change the flow of information, what people see, and you apply AI into that, that's when it becomes a dangerous weapon. Because, you know there's a war out there for your mind and they will use AI as well, not just for uh, automation, not just for, uh, you know, to form uh, different different AI for, you know, for war and, and all these corporations. They can use it to essentially tell you what to think, tell you what to believe. You know, information is a very powerful tool, as they say, and it still holds true to this day. Information is power. Knowledge is power. So when you are able to dictate what information gets out to the masses of people, you will get exactly this. You get fake news. And it's funny that uh, I don't want to get into left-right politics because left and right you know, it's bullshit. Both, both parties are bought and paid for. Uh, already know this. You gotta know this by now if you listen to this. Bought and paid for. Same side. Just like, uh, you know, huge mega corporations, uh, and that of the sort funded both sides of uh, many wars in the past. But again, we're not gonna get into that. However, when you have the left and the right, essentially one side is saying, oh, Russian collusion, this president is, uh, is colluding on Russia, there's proof, there's evidence, blah, 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 blah. And you have the right saying, oh, well, you know, this is untrue, you know, there's no, you know, there's no Russian collusion. And, of course, it turned out that there was no Russian collusion. It was just something that was uh, repeated over and over. And it's ironic. Hitler said the same thing. Yeah, this was uh, Hitler's quote. Had to check it out, like, confirm, because I I don't want to go by memory. And then it turned out that I was wrong later on. I just need my conscience to be, you know, you know, I need to have good conscience about this. Uh, yeah, so he said, 
if you tell a big enough lie and tell it frequently enough, it will be believed. So this whole narrative of fake news was told and hammered and hammered over and over again. These political pundits, uh, the left opposition, they were telling the media that, yeah, Russian collusion is the reason why uh, you know the president won the election, this, that, and the other for a long time. And they kept saying, watch, when, when, the, when the evidence come out, when the investigation is complete, and the whole time I was like, hmm, yeah, it's just, of course, usual crock of bullshit, but people believe it because it's being told over and over and over and over and over again. Because, again, you tell a big enough lie, and sometimes it doesn't have to be, you know, big, it could just be something simple, like this, oh, Russia, just blame shit on Russia, you know. One week is Canada, one week is it's China, North Korea, now Russia, now Iran, all these other countries. So you blame it on someone else and you repeat it over and over and over again. And before enough, before you know it, people will believe it. People will believe it and now everyone is with this narrative, with this fake news. And hey... Never know. Maybe there is, but just from the evidence or lack thereof says that there is no Russian collusion. And this is how like you don't even need AI. You don't even need, you know, computers use prominent people and prominent positions of power and just have them repeat the lie over and over again. It's old school. But where AI comes into this is where, again, you're able to direct the flow of information. You can uh, hide search results. You can hinder uh, search results. You know, change them. You can uh, essentially black hole certain information. And there's algorithms. Try to say that three times. There are algorithms that you can tell, okay, which, you know, statistics that can tell, that can show, okay, who's, you know, who's, uh, you know, that who, which demographic of people are, are, you know, researching this or looking this up, um, you know, uh, 18, between the ages of 18 and 35, and a woman between the ages of 18 and 35, and then 45 and up, that, that kind of, that, those kind of statistics statistics ah. and then you can take those statistics and those figures and then you could just form an algorithm and that's how they're essentially doing this with essentially using the information that we put out there and they could form an algorithm and essentially direct the flow you can target these people we can tar- target this age group we can target males, we can target females, we can target children, what have you. And they essentially get the information that we want them to. And fake news, no matter how you slice it, you know, disinformation, psyop, uh, book burning, information, black hole, like it's, it's real. And that is one of the aspects that they brought up, of course. They were, you know, left-leaning. 
But regardless of that, it was a good film. You know, towards the end, just got, of course, they got to, you know, they got to put their political spin on it. But I'm just telling you, you know, the facts, uh, how AI is being used in, in that aspect with fake news. Uh, yes, well, guess we'll call it a, a rap, we'll call it a night. Uh, gentlemen, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in. I hope I was as coherent as possible. I've, you know, been trying to have my, my thoughts and information more concise. It's, you know, especially with, uh, taking notes and, uh, doing a lot of research has been, you know, it's been fun. But I'm trying my best to present uh, not only the facts, but also my take, my opinion on a lot of these uh, topics. And I hope as time goes along, I get better and better because that's all we're here to do. We're here to learn. We're here to get better. And you're here to listen and, you know, discern, take what you can get from this. So that being said, I'm going to get the hell up out of here get this edited for you and remember remember uh please leave feedback please leave uh comments concerns on on the show if you want any if you want any of your questions uh answered you can drop an email at rubenprimetv at gmail.com again that is rubenprimetv at gmail.com so I've been Ruben Prime again. Shut the hell up. Shut the hell up. Get this thing edited already. And that being said, I bid you adieu and good night. Bye.